like sports, I could do something in sports. Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a color man. Well, you know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcasting. Well, that's really not fair. Hello and welcome to another episode of Box at One. The crew is back talking about soccer today. So I have with me Ron Salgado and I am Azam Faruqi. Hey, how's it going everybody? And uh, unfortunately we don't have Premit Bose with us today, um, but he'll be rejoining us uh, later this week when we do our uh, Raptors Nets recap and as well as the preview of uh, the Raptors Celtics upcoming uh, playoff series. So, uh, Ron, uh, the Champions League final was uh, this past Sunday. Uh, the result was quite expected. Uh, what did you make of it? Well, I mean, I, I think the the fact that Bayern won, uh, I, I expected that. I expected the scoreline to be a little bit different. Um, they ended up winning 1-0. I, I, was, I, I don't know if I made the prediction on Instagram or not, but I... I thought it was going to be maybe more along the lines of like three, one. I thought they would get a little bit more goals out of it, but um, yeah, I mean, Byron played uh, a great game. I think that uh, PSG didn't, uh, um, not that I think, I mean, they didn't do a good job of taking their chances. Um, they had a few chances in the first half that, um, you know, if, if they had put one or two away would have completely uh, changed the, the entire face of the game. But I mean, I guess that's that's soccer for you that, you know, just just one or two things going differently could entirely change the game. And, and they just weren't able to capitalize. Yeah. And it was interesting because early on, you're right. Uh, so before the game started, I was talking to a couple of friends. OK, I'm like, OK, these are two high powered of offensive teams. So I was expecting something along the lines of four two, forgetting every year that Champions League finals generally are a bit of a dud. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, this year it was a little different. They were still playing some soccer. Uh, but, um, uh, yeah, I mean, PSG missed a lot of chances early on. Uh, admittedly, Neuer was brilliant. I think he made some a couple of really spectacular saves. But e- even then, I think Mbappe had a couple of open shots. And and then once towards the end of the game, he actually whiffed on He just overran the ball or something. And, and it was a perfect cross. Uh, so PSG, yeah, I mean, they had some opportunities and by the end, they were just all over the place. They were just, I don't know, just fell apart. Like Neymar, unnecessary tackles and just like that desperation and, you know, lack of organization. I mean, especially this is the team that scored two goals in injury time um, just a couple of games before that. Uh, and, you know, not being able to maintain that uh, uh, level of uh, discipline it was shocking to me considering it's you know so many star players big players but uh, I, again Bayern was always the more more well-rounded team I, I the result wasn't a surprise I was just hoping slash expecting a few more goals yeah so was I and, and you said it like Champions League finals are usually a little bit of a dud and, and I think that's because teams usually probably end up playing a little bit tighter um, they're tentative with with going forward. Um, I, I know Bayern did their usual, you know, high line and, and pressing, um, which uh, I, I it definitely got to 
uh, to PSG. Um, they were, you know, they they had some chances that they created uh, on the wing early on, but like by and large, I, I don't think they were able to really create a whole lot going down the middle. Um, by the end of the game, you saw Neymar having to come really deep to get the ball and ended up forcing him into a lot of errors where he he gave the ball away. You know, you kind of started to see him pout a little bit, but I, I think I was most disappointed with with Mbappe's play. Um, he had a couple of great chances that he pretty much just passed directly to Neuer. Um, yeah, one of them, he just just flicked it back. Like, it was almost very Alfonso Davies-esque. <laughs> with that header? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we were... We were Sorry, messaging back and forth on that one. No, it, it, it was it was ballsy to do that. Like, I mean, I, I'm not a great player by any by any means, but there, there's no way, even if I have a little bit more skill, that I'm trying that. Uh, I don't have the confidence to to head it back to my keeper in a situation like that. But he put it right on the money, just like it was on a cushion for Neuer. Oh man, I mean, I, I mean, ballsy is such an understatement. Like you're on the biggest stage and like trying to pull something like that, knowing that. Even if there was like let's say point one percent chance that it might go wrong, you'd be remembered and remembered in history for all the wrong reasons. Just to yeah, that was it was crazy good and crazy bad at the same time. It was just insane. Yeah, I'm glad we mentioned him though because he he really like just the fact that he's Canadian for one thing. I, I love the kid. I mean, I'll, I'll forgive the fact that he played for Vancouver. That that's you know that it is what it is but um just he he just looked poised on such a big stage and he like it looked like he belonged and and he's so young and for him to still have so much growth potential uh, i'm excited for where where he's going to end up no oh, i agree absolutely it's really exciting times for canadian soccer yeah yeah and, and i also want to mention that there was one chance from from di maria where you know he came off the wing and he had a he had a great chance to just you know i thought he was going to maybe put it low and wide and he just skied it way over the net and like it I, I think that pretty much just sums up the match for for PSG you know they they created some chances um but you know like Bayern just looked like they weren't going to give that up I think they had like 60 something percent of the possession um I, I I don't know that it was ever really in doubt once they got that um the the Coleman goal yep and that too a Frenchman that would have been a dagger for them former PSG player yeah, yeah, I, I was thinking the exact same thing. Like it, it's 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 so poetic for it to end like that. And you know, on that goal, uh, I just thought I mentioned like it, it was. You could really see what Byron was doing overloading the box. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like Kira was back there, and he had two guys. He had one guy in front of him, one guy behind him. He, he like I, either way, he would have been wrong. Um, and I, it even happened. I think just a couple of minutes later, where they they lofted another ball into the box, and he, he was in the same situation. It just this the second ball was a little bit too high and I think ended up getting put over the net. But um, like they tactically, Byron played uh, played a, a a very good game, and uh, you know PSG spent a lot of time sitting back with ten men behind the ball, just just waiting for the counter. Um, it was working initially, but um, you know it, it just wasn't enough. No, uh, absolutely. So no, I mean it was a good game. Uh, Bayern uh, arguably was the best team throughout the competition pre post pandemic. Uh, and, and it's interesting after a bit of a wobbly start in Bundesliga earlier in the year. So, um, uh, yeah, a treble. So, fantastic season for those guys. Yeah, congrats to them. All right, so let's move on to our next uh, topic of discussion today. The mess that is Barcelona FC these days. 
Now, you're a big Barcelona fan. What do you make of this whole situation? Yeah, so like it's it um, the situation as a whole is is just I I wouldn't want to be the one that's that's responsible for coming in and uh, and fixing it. So um, just for our listeners, uh, Ronald Koeman was was hired as as the manager, and he's got the uh, the the tough task of not only overhauling uh, the squad but also pleasing the Barca supporters, which you know it's it's one thing to be winning at Barca. But the other thing is that you have to win with style. Winning is, is not enough. You have to make it look pretty. Um, but, you know, the, the squad is is in such disarray. Um, you know, there there are players that are upset with uh, with the president. Um, you know, you had Abidal who was, who was let go, who, you know, they had issues with him as well. Um, I, I like, I, what do you think? Do you, do you think that Coleman is honestly going to be able to come in here and, and fix the situation? So, see, this is where I, I don't know what to make of the signing, to be very honest. I think it's more to appease the fan base uh, and more of an emotional signing than anything else. Um, he's had some really good success, uh, I mean, given the teams that he managed. So Everton, Southampton uh, took them to Europa and had some really good years with them. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, I think he was the one who brought uh, Van Dyke to Southampton uh, yes. five yeah. years ago. So, uh, I mean, he's he's managed well. He's had a couple of bad stints as well. What I don't understand is, okay, so a couple of, last year, I, I just first heard his interview um, on YouTube. And last year he said, uh, if I were the manager of Barca, uh, that midfield has to go. So you're talking about Busquets and you're talking about, and, and I know uh, he, he said Rakitic has to go and Vidal has to go. With due respect, I mean, I think Rakitic was already like looking to get out, right? I think he wants to go to Seville, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and, and he was apparently he was already celebrating when uh, when Seville won the uh, the Europa the Europa League. Um, he was he was seen celebrating and jumping into a pool or something like that. So I mean, he he's pretty much on his way out, which it, it's it's fine. I think I think it's about time. And with a lot of these guys, it's it's definitely time to move on with. With some of them, you know, it, it may even be a couple years overdue. Um, he's reportedly already told uh, Suarez that you know Suarez should start looking for uh, for another club to play for because he's not in in Barca's future plans. Which which is a shame, you know. With, with some some of these guys, like I'm, I'm, and this is probably unpopular, but I'm I'm a big Busquets fan. I love his style of play. I know a lot of people hate him. I can see it because of the diving, but. Um, you know, for for guys like that who have been with the club and and done so much for the club, for them to to have to be forced out, um, I don't think anything's been said on Busquets just yet. But um, you know, it, it's it's just a shame for for somebody like Suarez who's scored so many goals in a Barca shirt that you know he's being forced to look for another club. And and part of it might be his fault. I mean, if you look at guys like Xavi and Iniesta, um, they were never really forced out of the club. They they you know, they knew that it was time and it was best for the club for them to to quietly just just find somewhere else to play. Um, I wish that maybe Suarez had done the same thing and, and maybe is a couple years overdue. Um, but it like it's it's the unenviable task of coming in and trying to overhaul a squad when you have I think it's about twenty days um, to get it done. Yeah, I think to be fair to him, I mean, this mess has been in the making for the past couple of years, right? I mean. He's just been asked to come in and make all these tough decisions, unpopular decisions potentially. And knowing that so many of your players are over the age of 30, in fact, 
most of them are like 33, 34. You've got to have, you, you should have started looking at it a couple of years ago and started making some changes to the roster, right? And even like they brought in Arturo Vidal and he, he's been good for his, like during his time at Barcelona, but with due respect to him, if he's your best player or one of your best players, you're not a very good club right now. Um, so moving on from him makes a lot of sense. They're not going to fetch a lot. I think he has one year left on his contract. Rakitic is not going to fetch you a whole lot. Um, so the, the two things that intrigue me a little bit. One, what happens with Messi? So apparently he said that he wants to keep Messi. But if he wants to keep Messi, they've got to find players around him. Obviously, the same group's not going to work next year. So who do they bring in? That's the big question. Secondly, do they have the money to do that? That, for me, is also a question mark for Barcelona right now. Um, and the other thing is, if Messi moves on, then I think it makes a little bit easier to offload a lot of other players. I just don't see it happening in like during this pandemic transfer window. There are not too many clubs who have the money to pay for Messi. Um, they can probably negotiate a release clause. Like, I think it's $700 million right now. They could probably negotiate something lower. But uh, the only two clubs I can think of that can pay that kind of money is either PSG or Man City. Or, you know, we've heard some rumors about Inter Milan uh, on and off here and there, primarily because I think he bought a house in northern Italy. So, so what do you do there? Oh, there are so many things to unpack in that, like in, in what you just said, like the the one thing is if you look up and down, uh, up and down the roster, the wages that they're paying are just, it, it's, it's an insane amount for such an old squad. Um, like you mentioned, a lot of them are on the wrong side of 30. Um, and, and, you know, Messi is on 70 million euros a year. Um, you have Griezmann who's on 45 minutes. I'm just looking at the, at the squad right now. It, so if you're going to get rid of some of these higher price players, Suarez, Vidal, um, some of the guys that we mentioned, you're definitely not getting back the, the value that you, that you're going to need in order to solve some of the, some of the money issues that the club is having. Um, so somebody like Suarez, who still has a year left on his contract, who's going to take him on? I don't know that anybody's going to take him on. Um, nobody's going to want to pay you for him. So are, are you left with making the decision of just, you know, paying out the rest of his wages? Um, that's a tough decision to make for a club that, you know, it's been reported has had some serious money issues, especially with with the with the pandemic where um, they, they requested assistance uh, from the government for... Um, uh, for, for for some of the wages that they have for for the 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 staff that works for the club as a whole, like beyond the players, um, and I think somebody like Messi was um, was was generous enough to to help to and probably some some other people in the squad, but you know they were forced to to foot some of the bill on that. And so you know when you have issues like that, and and you have when you have money issues like that, and you have all these high wages, like. I, to, I don't. I don't know what what the solution is. If you move on from Messi, you are going to upset a lot of people, um, and es especially since you know you mentioned that um, 
the Coleman coming in is is kind of you know one one of those like moves where you're you're playing to the to the supporters and 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 kind of um, calling back to days of uh, of Cruyff and 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 the dream team that that Coleman played on. Um, you know, doing that, but then getting rid of Messi. I don't think that sends the right message. So he, I I say he stays around, but I, I know we were talking about this before. Do you move off of a legend because he's getting paid such a high salary, or do you just eat it and say, you know what, we got to stick with this for for the next few years? But the question is, does the legend want to stick around as well? Right, he needs convincing, uh, and, and I think the only thing that'll convince him is if they make some moves to truly address what some of their challenges are. So we know midfield was one of this. I wouldn't say weakest spots, but it was an area of concern. The defense was as well. Uh, yep. Okay, so what do you do with midfield? Um, I know tactically he's done both four three three with Everton and Southampton. He's done, uh, I think, four two three one as well, if I'm not mistaken. And what I read up is that I think he wants to use a double pivot, and uh, he also said that he wants to use Griezmann and Frankie De Jong in their uh, original position. So if that is the case with a double pivot, pivot, sorry. You could see him play De Jong and uh, Busquets uh, in that role, which means then you have Messi, Griezmann playing together. Who do you bring in as your third guy, right? I mean, that's the other question. Who do you have up front? Yeah, and, and if they are, in fact, moving off of Suarez, I know um, you know th- there's been talk of Lotaro Martinez coming in from, from Inter, who, you know, if... if I think that's the main reason they would move off of Suarez because you you can't and this would be if they lose Suarez and they're unable to replace him with anybody. This is I know it's a it's probably on a different scale, but this is kind of what Komen went through with Everton, uh, mm-hmm. where he lost Lukaku after the first season and everything kind of went downhill after that. But I mean, to be honest with you, is he even going to be around past the one season? Like it, it this kind of feels I, I'm seeing it two ways. So. On, on one side of the coin, it feels like he's a straw man manager and he's just going to be in here for the one year. If you get anything out of it, great. If not, you know, he has it on his resume that, you know, he he managed Barcelona and Barcelona says, you know, we, we can move on. And and they didn't burn uh, one of the options like bringing in Xavi. I, I know Xavi was one of the guys that was discussed as, you know, kind of the savior. I don't think that's the right move right now. So I, I'm, I'm assuming that's why they brought in Coleman. But I mean, there's also the fact that he, Coleman is, is he's been very flexible with his style. And, and I guess that's, that's part of the, that's, that's, that's where he fits in here. Cause you know, I, I think they're hoping that he'll kind of be able to work with this roster and maybe, you know, plug some of the holes. He's been given full reins. Uh, apparently he's, he's been given full authority, full power to make decisions and bring in players. Um, so I don't know, maybe there is more than just him being a straw man manager. So here's my question. So where does Coutinho fits in all of this? So they paid a lot of money to bring him over, didn't really work out, loaned him out to Bayern and then he scores two goals against them in the quarterfinals. Uh, (laughs) I don't think the kind of money they're looking, um, from other clubs, uh, if they have to move him, I don't think they're going to get that, especially in a pandemic year. Um, do you see him being part? Like, could he be a starter for them? Would he fit in his uh, style of play? Yeah, that, that's the crazy thing that I, I've heard that apparently he's in their plans. So, 
I, I guess you find a way to f- to fit these guys in, um, but then you're still left with with the problems on the back line. Um, like I, that's that's what scares me the most. I've been saying for like I think PK has been done for 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 a couple of years. Um, like if, if that needs to be addressed, do you have the money to address it? Uh, so e- like even if you can find a spot for Coutinho, you, you still may be le- letting in a boatload bo- of goals. I mean, maybe not because because of how well they possess the ball. But then when you get to to playing at, at a level where you're where you're faced with a with an opponent like Bayern, you know that's that's why these things happen. Exactly, and 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 that's and that's my other concern, right? So okay, so you already have problems on the back line. Uh, there's been talk about uh, Alba as well. Uh, apparently, yep. he's going to have a conversation with him too. So, the other piece that I haven't really come across relative to Barcelona, but I was looking at, uh, I was listening to another podcast, uh, the Anfield Wrap, and there was they mentioned that Liverpool's going to play 35 games in 109 uh, days. Uh, I haven't seen La Liga's schedule or Barcelona's schedule, but that's a lot of games in a very short amount of time. And and I don't think it will be any different for Barcelona because they'll be competing in Champions Trophy. They have, you know, La Liga and they have the, the the other competitions. Do you have the depth? Forget everything else. Do you have enough depth to compete in both La Liga and Champions Trophy? Like, again, if you want Messi to stay and you want to contend, how, how do you prioritize and how do you make sure you have enough depth to go through like you literally will come, at, you you're going to get to a point where you're probably going to need two rosters with maybe four or five players, you know, who might overlap. But you may need a Champions League roster, you may need a La Liga roster because the games are going to be very close uh, to each other. Like, how how do you manage that when you're in a mess to begin with? Even in the best of years, where there is no pandemic, recently this has been an issue with Barca where. Um, the squad depth has, I think, ultimately, um, especially closer to the end of the year, led to a lot of their struggles. Um, and I, like, I, I don't know that in a pandemic year that they're they're gonna they're I mean, they're not gonna have the depth. Um, and ultimately, it's it's gonna come back and bite them. And and you know what, Th- this is gonna come down to nothing's gonna be fixed in this year. And I hope that they realize that. It's gonna it's it's gonna take a much longer rebuild than you know what they've done in recent years, where you're gonna splash some money on on one player, like like a Griezmann, and hope that it solves all of your problems. There's there's a bigger systemic issue at the club than than something that splashing money on one player is gonna fix. So if if they can step back and say, you know what, we're gonna try to fix our money issues. We're gonna start. We're gonna try to fix our roster, which is aging, and and you know you're you're starting to get diminishing returns from. Um, I, I'm okay with, and I don't think this is common with Barca supporters because so much is expected of them. But I'm okay with saying this for this season, especially in such an odd season where you're probably not gonna get a lot of money for your players. Let's just sit back and just wait and not make not make any moves that might. Um, might impact you negatively uh, in in two or three years down the road. But but then it comes back to would Messi want to stay then? Yeah, uh, and I, I wouldn't blame him for not wanting to. I think there comes a time where um, sometimes you you need to make difficult decisions 
with with club legends. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when when Barca lost Ronaldinho, mm-hmm. uh, when he ultimately left the club, I, I wasn't happy uh, because I loved him. I loved seeing him play, but it was it was just you know he wasn't even the same player anymore. Um, so I think it was a lot easier to, to move on. And and you know, Messi, he's not the Messi from four or five years ago, but he's still producing at a fairly high level. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's going to hurt, but sometimes you got to make these difficult decisions for, for the good of the club. So one last thing. Uh, do you see them, like, are there any kids uh, in the academy or on the bench who can step up and probably fill in some of those roles? Like, I, I mean, we, we've seen it this year with, with, with Fatty. Um, I mean, I, I think that that's, that's, that's a big, he, he's going to be a big part going forward. Um, uh, I mean, there's guys like Ricky Puig and, and you're bringing in, you know, uh, Pedri from, from, uh, from Las Palmas. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so there, there are guys that are coming in, but I mean, there's still big issues, uh, at the back. And I don't know that, that it's going to be solved by, by any, any, any youth coming up. Yeah. And and, I mean, Fatty's a good, uh, like, it's an interesting name to watch out because, I, I know they lost horribly against Bayern, but he, I think he came in the second half and had a little bit of an impact. Um, played pretty decently, so yeah. Uh, but interesting times. So uh, let's see what happens. And the elections are in March, right? In March, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's probably a big reason why uh, you're, you're not seeing them go after maybe maybe like a Chavi because I, I don't think anybody in their right mind is going to come into a situation like this, especially in an election year, because you know if if the um, if the if the people at you know if, if the philosophy uh, at the top changes and you're not in their plans, you know you've it it you're not going to be around for long. So you know for somebody like Chavi, where this might be a, a difficult year to begin with, and then you don't have a board who's going to stick by you. Like, why would you even make that move? And and also, I mean, I want to mention the fact that, you know, Chavi's been, uh, been, co- been managing in the Middle East. Um, he doesn't even have uh, the experience of coaching at a club this size. So I don't know. It, like, it's, it's not an easy, like, Pep spoke about it in his book, and I think he's been very public about it. And, um, it's it's not an easy role to take any big club, but especially Barcelona, with with the amount of media attention uh, and pressure that's on you, and and that's actually going to be an interesting thing to to keep an eye on with uh, with Coman is is the fact that he actually I, I believe it was in May had um, had some heart issues. He had to have a procedure done for what was a, a suspected heart attack. So for for somebody like that um, who's already had some heart issues to be taking on this. On this uh, on this job, it, it's uh, like I, I just hope for the best for him, and, and I hope this works out for him, and also for me as as a fan of the club. I think that's a good place to end our episode today. Uh, if you enjoyed our episode, please uh, subscribe on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or any other platform where you listen to your podcasts. Uh, please uh, give us a rating, write a review. You can uh, reach us out on Twitter, Instagram and it's box in one pod uh we would love to hear from you and if you have any questions that you want us to answer we'll be more than happy to do so in some of our future episodes yeah and and make sure you uh you 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 interact with us on instagram 
Um, our following has been growing. I want to thank everybody who's, who's followed us, who likes our stuff. And uh, also, I wanted to mention to that one listener, whoever it is that's in Leinster, uh, thank you. Yes, absolutely. We've, we have audiences in, across North America and Europe, and that's uh, primarily due to our friend in uh, Ireland. So really appreciate <laughs> whoever out there. Please reach us out on Instagram or Twitter or send us an email. We would love to hear from you. We would love to have you on our show. So <laughs> Definitely. All right. Have a good night. Hope you enjoyed uh, this episode. Have a good night. Thanks, everyone. Are we finished? Done.